wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. And on this episode, I have Kayla Mills, an animal scientist and loves to bow fish. I love shooting snakehead for the strategy, which is why I love bow fishing in general, just depending on what species you're going after, you gotta change your approach. With the snakehead, I really love the hunt of it. We brought over 200 really dinky gar on the boat in Louisiana. I was so wore out. I remember my friend Shannon, she had to like book a massage. It was brutal. I'm like, man, I don't know how these guys bring in like thousands of fish during these big tournaments. This is going to sound so nerdy of me because I was like, maybe bow fishing zone will repost my picture. <laughs> and they did. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of Hunting Day. And on this episode, I have Kayla Mills. And Kayla is an animal scientist for the USDA. And I think she's the first like animal scientist that we've had on the podcast. So I'm excited about this because... I'm just a redneck, and Kayla <laughs> loves to bow fish. And so we met on Instagram, and she posts stories and pictures and reels of all these trips that she does, primarily on the Potomac. But I'm hoping she'll give me some of her secret spots because she's all the time shooting big fish and lots of fish, making me jealous. And so I'm excited to have Kayla on. So, Kayla, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk about bow fishing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We're, we're excited to have you. And uh, so tell us a little bit about your background and then maybe we'll talk about how you got into bow fishing. Well, let's see. Uh, born and raised in Indiana. Uh, like you said, I'm an animal scientist. So I spent a few years at Purdue University, did all of my education there and wound up out here in Maryland uh, for my job. So that's how I ended up on the East Coast. Yeah, nice. That's, um, what would you say was one of the reasons you got into bow fishing? Or was it, was it something you've always wanted to do? Or was it something that a friend invited you to do? Uh, a friend invited me to do. So this is a crazy story. <laughs> um, during the pandemic, there was, or like the start of the pandemic, I should say, during lockdown, wasn't much to do in Indiana. I was still finishing up school. And one of my buddies was like, hey, let's go bow fishing. You've been asking to go. Let's go ahead and go. Grab a case of bush light, <laughs> grab the headlamps, flashlights, and hit the river. So that was kind of my very first time bow fishing. But uh, he said, you know, if you really like this, check out Hannah Barron's YouTube channel. I think you'll really like her stuff. So because there was nothing to do. <laughs> I went down a YouTube rabbit hole yeah. of Hannah Barron. You know, that was like my first exposure to like noodling, which is on my bucket list still. Um, then I jumped over to like Tim and Sydney Wells, uh, found all that stuff. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. It looks so fun. Like, uh, how do I get to like that level of bow fishing? Yeah. So then... Uh, fast forward a few weeks later, one of my good friends added someone from Maryland on Snapchat. We all happen to be part of a Co Wetzel fan page. Okay. <laughs> For anybody listening who doesn't know who Co Wetzel is, he's a Texas uh, country artist. So she adds him on Snapchat. They uh, become really good friends. And she goes, Kayla, did you know that they bowfish stingrays on the Chesapeake Bay? And I'm like, we have to go. Yeah. We have to go. And she's like, we don't know this person. We can't go. <laughs> I'm like, safety, safety in numbers, right? Yeah. Like, if we go together, it'll be fine. She's like, okay, I'll ask him. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, she asks him and he says, come on out. We'll have a great time. Um, and my buddy, Dwayne Remillard, still one of my good friends today, posted us for the weekend took us out on the Chesapeake Bay and uh, we shot cow nose race. And so that's how I really got the bug. That's um, so awesome. And I, 
I loved the Chesapeake Bay. It was so beautiful. And I was like, I got to live here. I need bow fishing to be a bigger part of my life. This is amazing. The adrenaline rush of fighting the rays and all of this. So yeah, that trip really changed the trajectory of my life. So, so you really <laughs> did move to Maryland. Based I off did. of bow fishing. Oh, that is so, so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And then I was like, well, when I finish school, I'll see what jobs are open. Right. Yeah. And so because I work with livestock, I didn't know what opportunities were on the East Coast for me. But uh, my dream job opened up in Maryland. Yeah. Within months of me finishing my degree. So. I'm supposed to be here. That's all I have to say. Nice. I don't know why yet, but yeah. No, that's so awesome. That is, that <laughs> truly is awesome that you, you yeah. wanted to be here for bow fishing. Like it's yeah. kind of a byproduct for us, right? We grew up on mm -hmm. the East coast and, you know, yeah. May through August, you know, you get to take advantage of the stingray run through the bay type of deal, but you strategically positioned your career and your life to be here. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I think people who grew up in Maryland or they ask me a lot, they're like, why did you want to move here of all places? Right. Like grass is greener type thing. Like, yeah. Why did you want to move here? And, you know, I kind of thought about it and I was like, well, when I first experienced Maryland, everything was shut down. So I only saw the outdoors Yeah. because I came in 2020. So like, all I ever saw was the Chesapeake Bay and, you know, and all the good parts of Maryland, I'll say. Yeah. So, no, that's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. And, the, and that, like, the eastern shore, that is just beautiful. Mm -hmm. You, like, you really, well, even where you're at, like, that's all pretty, too. But, like, just anything to do with the bay and the, the Potomac, that's just, it's beautiful. And uh, yes. being able to have access to that and we don't take advantage of it more is crazy, which you are, you're, you're, you're mm -hmm. utilizing it. <laughs> and I love it because every time I open up Instagram and I'm like, tag on it. I want to go shoot some fish. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I hope that's what my Instagram, I'm glad that's what my Instagram is doing. I yeah. hope it gets more people out there. <laughs> when I shared with you earlier that my boat's in the shop because of the, uh, my, yeah. I had a fuel pump go out on my outboard and it's like, Dang on. Actually, I had friends, uh, Chance and Hannah Brown and their kids, Ethan and Aiden. They came up. They flew up. We picked them up in Richmond, me, April, Ava, Zoe, and Declan. And we went to the eastern shore of Virginia. Mm -hmm. And uh, we ended up, I ended up renting a boat because we wanted to go shoot fish. <laughs> We're like, hey, let's figure out a way to That's go shoot awesome. fish. And then my a close friend of mine, Kenny Ladderback, he owns Fish Freaks Guide Service. And he's more of a charter boat you know, cobia and that type of thing, you know, mm -hmm. rod and reel fisherman. And uh, so I called him. I'm like, hey, if you don't have any charters one day that you'd take me and some friends out, that'd be great. And he's like, yeah. He's like, come on, let's go. And we went and caught some cobia and whatnot. And there was a, uh, we had some pretty rough water for when we were out there, but um, we had the spears. And we were trying to spear. Oh, that's stingrays. awesome. Yeah. I've speared some rays before. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> oh, it's a blast. And uh, we were showing them Texas boys what, what it's like. And uh, they were having a blast. Because like, they're Ethan and Aiden. I think that Ethan just turned 13, and uh, which is really crazy because Hannah and Chance are the same age as me. I'm 37. And it's like to think that I'm old enough to have a teenager is really crazy. <laughs> I don't have any yet. Uh, Ava's nine, but... Um, <laughs> It's coming. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, no, so bow fishing, you know, you, me and you talked, you hit the Potomac a lot. Sometimes you'll go to Rappahannock mm -hmm. and even up on the Susquehanna. But let's talk about snakeheads. Like, it's kind of, I remember, I was, I think I was still in high school, like 2003, um, maybe 2004, seeing a picture of a snakehead in our local Walmart. <laughs> If you see this fish, kill immediately. And I'm like, God, they really, they don't like this fish. Like, what did this fish do, you know? And yeah. and then, you know, all the, like, the, I don't know, sci-fi, like, 
C or D rated movies like the Snakehead like horror movies that came out and you're like these like these are some terrible fish you know and then come find out they're really not like I mean they're very invasive and they I think have wrecked the ecosystem between Virginia mm-hmm. and Maryland but uh I mean what would you say is besides they're really good to eat what would you say is so much fun about targeting mm-hmm. them specifically so I love shooting snakehead for the strategy, which is kind of why I love bow fishing in general, just depending on what species you're going after. Yeah. You know, you got to change, you got to change your approach. So with the snakehead, I really love the hunt of it. Yeah. So, you know, you got to kind of sneak up on them with the trolling motor, really look in that grass and get a good eye for them too. Yeah. Um, that's the most fun part for me. And they're real, the way that they're shaped in the water too they're challenging to shoot. So like when you hit one, it's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like you were saying, you know, they're so invasive and they're just unlike any other fish that I have come across. And I've fished in a lot of places uh, in the U S and, you know, I can find them deep in the grass or they're up in the lilies mm-hmm. because they can breathe the air. Yeah. They're just like an alien. <laughs> they really are. Just up in the mud flats and yeah, I just find them all over and so yeah, yeah the I love hunting them. Yeah. They're definitely they're definitely a challenge. So I don't know about you, but like for me, I always like an outgoing tide, right? You know, went from that mm-hmm. basically slack tide or whatever to an outgoing, and we find them. Like you, you got to be careful, especially if you don't know the Potomac, because certain. Mm-hmm. You know, certain places like it's going to be mud. You know, it might yep. be water when the tide's in, but as the tide's going out, it's going to be not dry land, but it's going to be land. Mm-hmm. And I can remember multiple times seeing snakeheads 30 feet from the water. Yeah. And, and I'm like, what are they doing up there? Like, and then the more I hunted them, the and the more I realized, like, hey, these are, you know, obviously they can breathe out of, out of water for a, a limited amount of time, and uh, you just don't ever know. And then some of the funniest things I've ever experienced is when you don't see them, or some, you know, especially if you got like a new person on the front of the boat and they mm-hmm. they don't really know what they're looking for and they're in just enough water that when they take off they make a, a, the most like horrendous racket splashing and thrashing yeah. and, and people freak out it scares them it's 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 amazing it's hilarious and i love i love mm-hmm. seeing it but then you're like yep. man you just missed a snakehead why didn't you shoot it and they're like <laughs> crap like i got scared and i missed a snakehead this is sucks <laughs> So the bow fishing team that I'm on, uh, Scales and Ponytails, we always laugh because we got to control our excitement. Yeah. We sc- we almost always scream. <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> <laughs> so we're lo- we're learning to not get so excited so we can actually hit them. <laughs> yeah, well, and they're they're like like you said, you got to sneak up on them. So if you get too yeah. excited, like because a lot of times, yep growing up like hunting you know you sit in a tree stand you might see one deer in the evening or you might you're lucky to shoot your bow a handful of times at a live animal mm-hmm. bow fishing it's unless you're just on a really bad night or something like you're shooting a lot and you know no matter if i see one fish or a thousand fish i always get excited and yep. one of the greatest things that ever came out was that quick draw arrow rest because I can't tell you how many times I'd have to let down because mm-hmm. on those old muzzy rests, yep. I'd pull my bow back so hard and fast that like the arrow would fly back and it'd still be attached to the string, <laughs> but it would like swing around and hit yeah. me. And I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but it's like it's so much fun. And it's it's great. That's one thing that I love about taking a new person bow fishing is it is most of the time target rich um so you shoot a lot if you miss it doesn't matter i'm probably gonna mm-hmm. pick on you um that's just part <laughs> of it it's kind of like a rite yeah. of passage i feel like um uh, i don't want to use the word hazing because you know that's politically incorrect anymore but uh <laughs> you know you basically uh, it's just part of it like i think yeah. when you had talked there's like 
some people have beginner's luck when it comes to bow fishing. I was not one of them. Even shooting stingrays, like it, yeah, it, it took me a time or two to figure it out. And you know, once I realized that the whole aim low and then aim lower was true, like it, it really <laughs> helped me out. And then, yep. But then you got like in different scenarios where deep water, deep clear water, like the, all those things mm-hmm. start coming into play. How fast is the boat moving? Which way is the fish going? Or, you know, you got to, it's something that like for new people, they don't quite understand yet or they're not thinking. Mm-hmm. And then once they start getting a few trips under their belt, I think it, it makes it a lot easier for them. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I think I could talk all night about shooting fish because it's something yeah. you do all night. Like I can think yeah. at times I was, I shared with you earlier, we would take anchors and we would, because we got tired of shooting fish, we'd anchor out mm-hmm. and just catfish because we were tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I shot uh, numbers for the, like, true, okay, I'm putting in air quotes, everybody, um, <laughs> numbers in Louisiana. I t- Somebody told me it wasn't that impressive. We brought, like, over 200 of those, like, really dinky gar on the boat in Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> And I was, I was so wore out. I remember my friend Shannon, she had to like book a massage because her wrist was done. (laughs) That was like, it was brutal. I'm like, man, I don't know how these guys bring in like thousands of fish during these big tournaments. That is so awesome that like, and for whoever told you that those weren't very good numbers, I think they were just jealous because 200 fish in one night, that's... That's impressive. It really is. And, uh, you know, (laughs) I I mean, I'm serious. And that's uh, I'm sure that was a a very fun night, too. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. and you got to think, like, especially up here on the Potomac, the blue cats, they're they're very invasive. Everybody's focused on the snakeheads. And it's like, no, but blue cats get to 100 pounds. Think of how much fish they eat in a day. And, uh, you know, I'm, you'd probably know more about that as the scientist (laughs) than me. And, (laughs) you know, but I do know that like blue cats, they grow fast. They're very invasive. They're very aggressive. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, they are in theory bottom feeders, but at the same time, they still, they eat a lot of fish and they eat, um, to my knowledge, they eat crabs too. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the James river, it's polluted with blue cats and, uh, but Shooting them is fun, and I love shooting because you could have one of the worst nights. You know, oh, we're not seeing very many gar or you know gar hit, hit or miss or carps hit mm-hmm. or miss, but I can't think of a time that I didn't go up there and see probably a thousand catfish. And yeah, uh, they're I everywhere. Mean, the num the sheer num like unless you are out, I think people get this idea that you know the fish really are. You know, we call them invasive, but I don't think they understand like. Unless you are out on the water and see how many are there. I mean, it's so thick. They're bouncing off the boat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, they'll, they'll hit the boat. And you're like, yeah. we call them all the time trolling motor fish. And because uh, you'll yeah. bump them with the trolling motor sometimes, and mm-hmm. especially a gar. But like I've hit catfish before where I've literally hit them with the trolling motor and then they'll swim out in front of me. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like. You know, an alley-oop, because that's awesome. <laughs> you know, slam dunk that thing. and uh, But, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, if people realize just how many fish were out there, and, like, you'll, mm-hmm. and then as the summer comes in, the, uh, that, like, hydrilla and all that grass and everything, I mean, that really starts limiting where you can go with your boat and whatnot, yeah. or at least for me, like, with a trolling motor. Mm-hmm. And, uh but it's one of those things where fish are like you start poking around in there with your push pole or anything and just the sheer number of fish that come mm-hmm. out of there is insane and there's tremendous amounts of shad there's you know obviously you got your normal game fish that you see out there but i mean the the amount of fish and you know i think a good night for us maybe one night we probably shot 25 snakeheads maybe 30 something like that and that's like four of us i mean that was putting in some work and not hey, that's missing. a good haul though yeah not missing <laughs> many because it's it's one of those things where like i said you probably miss a lot but you hit a lot you know you shoot a lot too and it's one of those things where that night i think we were all 
it was a very rare night where we were hitting on all cylinders and uh but it's it truly is fun and for people to understand there's a refraction in the water and that's why i say aim low mm-hmm. and then aim lower and so what you're looking at you're you're looking at it but your point of aim or your point of impact is actually a lot lower a lot closer to you than you would you would see and so it's really hard to explain to someone without actually physically showing them but it was it was definitely a learning curve for me and you know mm-hmm. it's uh outside of you know Indiana and Maryland you mentioned Louisiana have you been anywhere else in the country and shot anything kind of cool yeah so let's see the first charter i ever took was actually only in August of 2022. <laughs> so I've done a lot of fishing since then. You do a lot um, of fishing. <laughs> yeah. So I went down with uh, Midnight Express charters out of uh, Tampa, Florida. Okay. Yeah. So um, shot st- stingrays down there. Very excited. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to sound so nerdy of me, but I was so excited because I was like, maybe fishing zone will repost my picture <laughs> they were all laughing at me and they did oh there <laughs> so you go my, so i got my stingray down in florida i'm trying to think of what else we shot a perch and oh gosh i can't remember but i do remember what i couldn't hit which was a sheep's head okay i have it out for them i got beef with them (laughs) (laughs) i went back to florida for my birthday in january and i missed them again i was like man these sucker they like to hide in the structure of the trees so it makes it a little bit more challenging so i'm fighting refraction of the light in the water and i gotta aim through trees (laughs) yeah that's uh that would be tough but you know what they say third time's a charm so yeah. you just gotta go again. Gotta go down for a third time. That's a great <laughs> excuse to go down. That's a good uh, excuse for me. I did uh, Kentucky uh, with Obsession Outdoors. That was when I got my uh, my trophy paddlefish. That Ooh. was a really cool experience. Um, let's see. I went out there with uh, my good friend Shannon Detruche and her husband Ben. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think. So we get out there and uh, Captain uh, Clayton Meyer, we meet up with him and he goes, okay, we've got like two hours to get this done because we got storms coming in. Okay. And I'm, I'm sweating, okay? Because I'm just like, oh, I've had nights where I've had, I couldn't hit fish. Like, uh, so I'm like extra nervous. I'm like, man, two hours, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, you know, I, you know, Shannon and I just look at each other and we're like, well, we're just going to do the best that we can. Yeah. And then we, the two of us just got in the zone and, you know, we're on the water and like in 30 minutes, she hits her first one. And then I'm right after her. We're only allowed to shoot two for everybody who's listening. Uh, so she shoots one, then I shoot one, then she shoots her next one and I shoot my next one within like 45 minutes. <laughs> hey, perfect. And then, and then we, we let Ben do his thing and then he got his two. And I want to say we were done and wrapped up in 90 minutes. Nice. I'm like, you know what, Clayton, I need that pressure <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> every now, night. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Now you posted a picture of those like the skeletal part of that right you've got it framed yes yeah. tell us about that like what's like because when i first saw it i'm like okay i can tell that that's skeleton you know of some some sort of fish and yeah. then once i realized it was a paddlefish i was like this is really cool really unique it's kind of mm-hmm. like the european mount the yeah. european skull mount of a deer but you did it of a fish and then it's framed mm-hmm. it's really cool I, who did that for you Oh my goodness. I would have to ask Clayton his name. I don't remember. He just, so it was really nice. Um, while we were out, Clayton was like, Oh, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, preserve the skull for, or I'll take the skull to my taxidermy guy and he'll put it in the shadow box and everything. Yeah. So I was like, go for it. Yeah, no, Clayton was great. He did all, all the hard work for me. That's awesome. (laughs) I did have to clean the paddle. He was really great too. He let me come back um, and work outside of his shop and clean those paddlefish. So I have all that meat in my freezer still. I have not tried it yet. Yeah. But holy cow, they're heavy. <laughs> oh, they look huge. And like, they got the big bills on the front, right? Is that why yeah. they call them the paddle? Because mm-hmm. they look like a paddle. 
I think so. Okay. They're all, but they're called a spoonbill. I don't know where that. I don't know where the names originate. I should really read up on that. <laughs> That's fine. That's awesome, though. So uh, a fish like that, like how much? Do you know how much yours weighed? Because it was big. I am so sad we didn't get a weight because I could barely hold it up. I the videos I have of me trying to lift that, I'm using all of my might, just both hands holding it up. Getting that thing in the boat was next level hard. So like I said, Shannon shot the first one and she works out all the time. And we, I was laughing at her. I'm like, what do you mean you're tired? Yeah. You work out all the time. Why are you getting <laughs> winded? And then of course, then I hit one and yeah. I'm like, oh, now I know. <laughs> now I know she's winded. I was gassed. I was glad we could only shoot two. Yeah. Like, okay. That's enough. <laughs> that's too funny. Putting the putting in overtime on that uh, mega mouth reel. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, which brings me to a, another point that I'll bring up here shortly. Um, but real quick, what would you estimate that thing weighed? Oh gosh, it was definitely over fifty pounds. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Definitely fifty. I, fifty right, plus. Because I've got. Yeah, I mean, because I've got a fifty pound kettlebell and I can lift that no problem. I mean, this thing was heavy. Yeah. Heavy, heavy. Oh, that's awesome. All right, so you mentioned Mega Mouth. So let's mm -hmm. talk gear, right? Let's kind of mm -hmm. turn this into a little bit of an instructional or maybe a how-to type of deal. So if somebody was new wanting to get into bow fishing, um, what would you recommend, right? So anything from bow to reel, rest, fishing line, arrows, tips. I mean, because each, I can see like, some species of fish would, you know, kind of cross over, but mm -hmm. there, for others, you might want to use a different setup, possibly. I don't know. So I'm going to let you kind of give us a little how-to here. <laughs> okay. So I am by no means an expert in the, the gear world, but I'll tell you what's worked really well for me. Um, I started with an AMS hooligan okay. with a bottle reel, yep. and that worked great just starting out. Um that got rays in the boat, snakeheads in the boat. That was perfect. I switched over to a G-Rex. Okay. Eventually. Yep. That's a limbo, um, right? Yes. Yeah. That's a lever bow. Yep. yep. And then when I switched over to the lever bow, I threw the Mega Mouth on there. Okay. And that was a huge game changer for me. So, you know, being able to reel the fish all the way in. Um, so with the bottle reels, for those of you who have never used one, a lot of times you have to hand line those in. Um, and that, you know, if you're shooting like heavier fish or fish that are going to fight, you kind of run the risk of cutting your hand and things like that. If you're not wearing gloves, and I tend to not. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, because I'm I'm still shooting AMS bottles and mm -hmm. Shane Williams, he's a good friend of mine. And uh, he actually, for the, a while, held the Virginia Mirror Carp state record for Bowfishing Association. And, uh, and but he switched over to, it wasn't Mega Mouth. It was a um, push-button style reel. Is it a Muzzy? I think it was Muzzy. And, I'm, like, for me, I've had, I had different TV celebrities come on that were shooting that style. Um, I'm not going to name any names. It's not Tim Wells, though. I will say that Tim's really good at what <laughs> Tim is. Tim's came bow fishing with me quite a few times, and he is really good at bow fishing. So, just so you know, it's not Tim. But I had some other TV celebrities mm -hmm. come out, and we went through a lot of arrows because they kept forgetting to push the button. And uh, wow! Oh man! Thank God there was a Bass Pro in Hampton, <laughs> like Newport News, Hampton area, because we needed it. They shot all of their arrows into the Chesapeake Bay. Shot all of my arrows into the Chesapeake <laughs> Bay. We left the we left the bay early that day. We're, we were out arrows. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, and it's like we're trying to make a TV show for them, and uh, it's like, all right, let's uh. Maybe let's check Bass Pro. And I think they had like five arrows on, on the shelves or something. So, you know, the day two didn't last very long, if you're wondering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so that kind of like, I don't want to say it shunned me from going to that, but I get excited. And I already said that, like, I freak mm -hmm. out. There's a fish. Shoot it, you know. And yeah. so <laughs> thinking 
that one more step of pushing the button. Um, I know with a lot of lever bows, um, they make that clicky stick and whatnot. I've seen that in the past, but the Mega Mouth, do you have mm-hmm. to push that button or is that, how does no, that work? So, so basically uh, when you shoot, uh, you let your arrow go. And then as you're, it's almost like a bottle reel. As you're reeling in, you use something called a T-bar that you pull back on to reel it in. Okay. And that's it. All right. It's very simple. Um, I, to me, it's, I think you can elevate just about any bow with a good reel. Yeah. That's been a huge game changer for me is going from the bottle reel to the Mega Mouth. I mean, it really saves my hands. Yeah. So, well, I can. Yeah, I've had a lot of good luck. I still got the scars on my hands, like where mm-hmm. the AMS line from the reels, you know, and I, yep. for the longest time, I wore gloves and then I quit wearing them because it didn't matter. Because mm-hmm. when a Stingray. Yep takes off you're not stopping it and one time i made a mistake of wrapping it around my hand and i won't ever do that again um but just trying to like apply you know a break or attention on it Mm -hmm. it'll melt your glove and now you got a melted glove and your skin's melted and it cuts you you're bleeding it sometimes Mm -hmm. it'll be so hot it'll cauterize it for you and you don't gotta worry about bleeding but uh (laughs) it's one of those things where it's like if you could eliminate that, I think that's really good, too, because that could open up the opportunity for younger shooters. Mm-hmm. I know, like, with our kids, we were going to try it this year, and we had a buoy system set up to where, you know, but then you're dealing with a buoy and a lot of extra line on the boat and things like that. So if the opportunity were to where a kid could have that type of real setup. I think that would be really good too. So I think you have convinced me to at least buy one mega mouth and try it. And if I like it, I'm going to yeah, put it they're in. pricey, but uh, it's, it's been worth the investment for, for me at least. And then you can, you can also adjust the drag on it. Okay. No. It's been a good, good little reel for me. Yeah. All right. What type of rest do you shoot? What would you recommend there? I'm trying to think I bought it from force feed them. And I'm trying to think of the brand name, but it's the one where you can basically just place the arrow into the rest and it's got like a little stopper. Yeah. I love the rest. It's really good. Yeah. (laughs) A good buddy of mine, Jeremy Fortner, and uh, he lives in the uh, like Richmond area and he owns Fortner Fab, but he also started a kind of like a bow fishing, like manufacturing. I've seen these rests all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, so Jeremy's company is called Fortress Bowfish. He makes that rest. Yep. And so I went with an Oneida Eagle, and I got April an Oneida Eagle as well. Because I'd always, when I first started, I shot a recurve. And then I shot a bunch of different compounds. And one of the things that I found, though, has been really good for taking new people out is youth bows, like youth hunting bows, or like the the bows that have a lot of adjustment from the draw length that can be just a few Allen screws, pull them out, change them, you know, adjust the draw length, and then obviously adjusting the draw weight. That's been very helpful for getting new people started into bow fishing. But I switched to the to the Oneidas, and I'm really liking them. But what uh, mm-hmm. what are you shooting there? So I'm shooting a G-Rex. A G-Rex, Okay. So, yep, the G-string, bowstrings. Um, I really like it. I've shot Oneidas before. I like them, but I I just always gravitate back to the Rex. Okay. Um, I've, shot a, I've shot a Nat before, and I don't know. Something about the Rex, I just, I love it. Um, my friends here that I go fishing with all the time, they are like Deadwake archery Okay. super fans and yeah. they love the leviathan and they're like we're gonna convert you <laughs> like okay <laughs> so i'll have so that's next on my list to try but i have a feeling <laughs> that i'm gonna just stay with my rex i just i don't know i love it i'm really consistent with it um especially like i shot with the ams hooligan before Maybe it's just the time that I've been fishing. I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm very consistent and accurate with it, and so yeah. I've I've always been really happy. So Oneida produces similar results, but yeah, 
I, I like the way this gets hey, better. Especially if you shoot good with it and you're consistent with it, it, it wouldn't matter mm-hmm. what it was. And that's, yep, that's the exactly. important thing. I see that a yep. lot with different people when they're like, oh, I got to go, you know, because Matthews or Bowtech or Hoyt came out with a new bow, I got to shoot that one. And it's like, you don't have to. If you don't shoot it good, <laughs> I probably wouldn't shoot it, you know. Yeah. And I actually, I bought the, so I've been a, I was a bear guy for a long time. And then I went to Bowtech and we were sponsored by Bowtech and um, years ago. And that kind of carried over when I got out of the TV show and everything. They, I bought a Bowtech in 2013 and I shot it all the way up until three hunting seasons ago. I bought that Matthews VXR and I thought I liked it. And it was something that when I shot it at the archery shop, it, it shot good. But the more I shot it, I didn't really like it because it was the 28, the real short axle to axle. I just didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't jive very well after I put all my, you know, I put a quiver on it. I put, um, the uh, stabilizer and then I like at the time hunting with a quiver so I needed an extra stabilizer to offset that you know (laughs) so long story short I switched back to the Bowtech Mm -hmm. after you know because it was not at the time not broke and ended up I had a problem with the limb last year and so I bought a new bow this year but I bought the Matthews phase four and that's the 33-inch axle-to-axle, and I shoot that really well. I've actually been practicing out to 100 yards because i got a upcoming mule deer hunt in Nebraska that I'm hoping I only have to shoot a deer at 20 yards, but I'm prepared for 100. <laughs> <laughs> but back to that whole you shoot that bow well, you know, short of shooting another right. bow that you shoot better. Like, there's no reason – it doesn't matter. You know, what I it think is. finding the perfect bow is such a person to person experience. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, my buddy Dwayne that took me bow fishing for the first time, he swears by the AMS hooligan. He will never, you know, he loves his uh, compound bows. He does yeah. not. He doesn't even. He does not like lever bows. And I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then you know, Shannon swears by the Oneida. Yeah. And. You know, I love the Rex. My friend Elizabeth that I shoot with all the time, she loves her Rex too. Um, yeah, but her husband is all about the Leviathan. It just, I, I think you just got to try, you got to try them yeah. all, right? It, See well, what works for you. And It really helps when you have friends who already have them and you can try theirs uh-huh. versus like, yeah. oh, I got to try this one. I got to buy it. <laughs> so it's yeah. really nice when people, now this might sound stupid and you tell me. If you tell me it's stupid, I'm going to have Paul edit it out. But uh, So I've shot recurve, and I actually I love shooting recurve. I've shot mm-hmm. compound. Is it just me or when you draw your lever bow, like my Oneida, I feel like the string's going to come off and smack me in the face. I don't know why, because those limbs flex. I mean, they are like like beyond parallel type of deal. And I just like, I've got this, I'm like, this thing's going to come back and smack me in the face. I don't know. I just, maybe it's me. <laughs> it could be me. I've never noticed that. Um, but it might just be the different ways that we hold our bow. Yeah. So my thing is I'm, I'm not very tall. I'm just under five, four. I tell people I'm five, four, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just under um, so, you know, when I'm aiming and, you know, going fast and shooting fish, I got to watch the limbs and make sure that they don't smack the boat. <laughs> yes. Yes. And be very careful. Um, there's like weird stuff like that, that I didn't have to worry about with the compound bow. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And actually, yeah. once you said that, it like my rail, so I don't have the traditional, like a lot of the really nice bow fishing boats, they've got that built up boxed lighting mm-hmm. which is great because it protects everyone from getting burned or like touching the lights yeah. and everything so it's really nice but um i've just got like schedule 40 um aluminum built rails and then my lights are mounted on the rails and everything but yeah like you said shooting a compound you never had to worry about that now with the uh oneida i gotta step back and uh, which i'm i'm not yeah. very tall I'm 5'11", 
I'm really 5'10", but if you're going to tell people you're 5'4", I'm going to tell people I'm 5'11". And, uh, and so, it, but that Oneida is really long, you know, and so it's something that like I got to step back and I got to watch mm-hmm. because before I never really had to worry too much about that. And what would you say, because, you know, like your carp, your gar, that's your typical freshwater fish that people are going to shoot, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're, you know, maybe in Florida or here in Virginia, Maryland. Delaware area where you got the snakeheads and you know you got some catfish and whatnot for the most part like that setup that you have is really good for that but it sounds like the big paddlefish those spoonbills your setup's good for that as well stingrays Mm -hmm. you like that you like your setup on stingrays okay so you're kind of the jill of all trades with that one there and so yeah that's good to know. Be No, do you use a different arrow based off the species of fish you're going after? It, with uh, a different so tip? I started with an AMS like two barb that was very basic. Yep. Um, you know, just what I started with. That's kind of good for everything. Um, but when it comes to shooting like soft fit, like during the spawn when they're soft. Yeah. Um, or a bigger fish. Um, I've been using the AMS QT arrow that's been my favorite so far Um, and that seems to work really well Um, i want to say when i shot the paddlefish clayton actually put on a tnt arrow hopefully i'm saying that right okay i think that's the brand because he was like i want you to use my heavy duty arrows he's like nothing wrong with your arrows (laughs) yeah but i want to make sure you get your your paddlefish in the boat so yeah Nice. You know, I never, um, I never thought of that. Like, cause we shoot some big uh, stingrays, you know, especially the Southerns, yep. they'll get upwards of a hundred pounds. We killed one in 2015 that weighed 102 pounds. It was a monster. Oh my gosh. Was that a cow nose? No, it was a Southern. It was a Southern. southern? Okay. I think the biggest cow nose that we may have boated is like 52 pounds or something like that. And that was a, that was a big one. That's like, I tell yeah. people, because they're like, what's it like to shoot a stingray? I said, it's equivalent to flying a kite, but in the water. <laughs> That's perfect. I was always told, uh, you know, before I went out for my first trip, uh, Dwayne was like, this is organized chaos. Yes. And I'll just leave it at that and you'll yeah. find out. <laughs> I'm telling you what, especially if you shoot one in the wing. Like, mm-hmm. I think it just makes well, them mad. They start winging and going yeah. crazy and they, they'll pull a boat around. Yeah. There's one time we had everybody on one. So we had like four people on and we had three people in array. And they all started swimming in the same direction. And the boat was spinning. And thank goodness my friend knew how to, you know, run the trolling motor. She ran up to the front of the boat and like cranked that trolling motor the opposite way just so we could get our bearings. It was wild. Yeah, that is so funny. Those rays. (sighs) So some people may think this is less than, you know, kosher when i say this but the best way to i don't want to call it baiting a stingray but shoot one stingray and if you got an anchor cleat just tie off and he's going to take you to where all the other stingrays are (laughs) huh yeah never i've that's that's a great idea i've always just chased the schools down yeah so well, yeah. obviously, like, he's going to pull, and then you follow him, because he's taking right. you to where all the stingrays are, and and we've even had them, like, follow, like, they'll get back up with the school, and then wherever our stingray That's goes. Genius. Oh, yeah, it's great. And so, <laughs> it's, you know, eventually you got to switch stingrays, because that one gets tired. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll have to try that next time I go out for a race. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, like I said, some people may not approve of it, but, you know, at the end of the day, you're eating the stingray. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where some people like them, some people don't. And uh, it's, uh, you know, a lot of the times I I donate them. So, but, you know, especially because we shoot so much, it's really hard to put that much, you know, that much meat in the... Well, they're great for composting, too, and... Yep. Yeah. There's nothing goes to waste. That's for sure. And uh, mm-hmm. so, have you done alligators yet, or is that something that you're thinking about doing? That's on my list. When I have 
a lot of extra money because okay. those ta- those tags are pricey. But I would love to go gator hunting one day. We went so. with Triple M Outfitters this year, and I killed one with a spear. So I I took the fish hawk. Is that I think uh, Tim? I'll have to Tim. Don't yell at me if I got it wrong. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's a fish hawk is what that one's called, and it's got like the harpoon tip on it, and it was that was amazing because i was aiming for the head and uh, like the base of the skull and i was gonna say where are you spearing this thing so i was trying to take it out like no like i don't want to deal with this thing and we were on the ground like on land doing this and uh we're putting stalks on gators and it's wild like they will wind you they'll see like it was insane, and so me and Ava were able to sneak up on one, and I got a spear in one. She videoed it. She was, at the time, eight years old, and she's videoing <laughs> it with my phone, and uh, she's having a blast, and uh, I I got, like, base of the skull, and I, like, I got, I just missed the spinal cord, so I had to put a second spear in it, and it was done after that, but it was insane. And then April killed one with her compound bow. That's awesome. We said when we go back and ever do it again, either the kids are going to be older and we can actually go out on the boat and do it. Because the, you know, Matt with Triple M, he's like, yeah, I can put you on a boat. I'll put the kids on the boat. And I'm like, my kids are wild. Like, (laughs) do you want to be quiet when you're gator hunting? Like, what's the approach with those guys? So very quiet. And uh, Declan, so he's very attached to April. Like mama's boy times 1000 and it's awesome. I mean, for her, that's great for her because Ava and Zoe are like daddy's girls like crazy. (laughs) And so she got in Declan at that time, he was still three and he did not like April to get out of his sight. And so we're riding around on this big monster truck. And I'm thinking my kids are going to like this. And Ava and Zoe were absolutely in love with it. Declan still did not want April to get out of his sight. So we would ride around and look at like, at, you know, 150, 200 yards away into these different ponds. And we were looking for gators that were like right at the surface that were approachable from, you know, downwind. And we finally found a gator that was something that April wanted to go after. And we get down off the big swamp truck monster truck or whatever swamp buggy and Declan was like threw a fit and we're like back on all right because I got down too I had the video camera and I was you know going to try to like be a part of this stalk and so it worked out really well because he got down and then he was quiet and he went on the stalk with us and there was a gentleman that was out there to hog hunt with like not with us specifically but with triple m mm-hmm. and uh Matt was like hey do you care if this gentleman goes with us and i'm like no absolutely not end up being one of the coolest guys and uh he uh he took a picture of it was our guide april then declan and then me and uh the picture was awesome and uh (laughs) let me see here i want to say oh daggone what was this guy's name jeff i believe it was um but uh, he was Jeff Friskhorn, and he was from, like, the um, Cleveland, Ohio area. Older gentleman. He was awesome. And uh, ended up, like, we were so glad to have him there with us because he ended up killing, I think it was, like, two or three hogs. I can't remember. And, like, just it was a great time because we'd never met him before then. And um, just having people, like, involved with what we're doing and being involved with it, like, it was it was fun. And, uh, but yeah, I, he sent me a picture of, um, us three kind of on the stalk, single file line behind our guide. And, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And then April ended up getting her, uh, her gator with her bow. And, um, it was, and then we ended up going hog hunting with the kids and all three of the kids, even Declan at three years old, he killed a hog. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like so much fun to go do stuff like that. But we said, if we go back, we want to do the bow fishing side of it to where, it's going to be, you know, stealthy, quiet, and mm-hmm. that's not our kids. So we had <laughs> we had to do the divide-and-conquer approach, I think, is what best worked <laughs> for us. But, yeah, we would definitely yeah. 
definitely do the uh, whole airboat or John boat and sneak up on them. So, so when you were in Florida, did you do any type of tilapia boat fishing? No. So that's what I need to go back to Florida to shoot so fresh water. You do. <laughs> so I've only ever uh, shot in Tampa. Okay. So, so on fresh water's on the list. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so on that same trip that we did in Florida, we were at some, uh, I don't even know the name of it. It's like a really nice little diner and they had a porch, a covered porch that was like five feet from the water. And obviously there were signs all around, like, don't get in the water. There could be a potential alligator in here. Mm-hmm. But the tilapia were swimming right along the shore. And they, I guess, had become accustomed to people throwing food <laughs> off the porch. And so it did not matter. You threw a French fry in here. I mean, trust me, my kids. They're going crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like the kids were, I'm like, hey, I didn't buy that food for the fish. I bought it for y'all to eat, you know. <laughs> and uh, but they were like, once they realized that the fish would eat food, they were done. Like they're like, "Hey, we're full. <laughs> we're full. We don't want any more." And so they were throwing. And like they have like the cheap fish food, like that you can put a quarter in and get. No, they're throwing their food in. <laughs> and uh, but the tilapia were going crazy over it. And I, I told April, I said. If we get a chance to go back anytime soon, I'd love to do a tilapia, like just go shoot mm-hmm. tilapia too. You know, they're a decent eating fish. It's not like my yeah. go-to, but if we could fill the, fill a cooler up full of them, that'd be mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, because I think uh, another fish I want to shoot is um, a pleco. Yes. I want to say those are all those are all in the same, I don't want to say same spot, don't quote me, but they're all freshwater, I believe. Yeah, they are. So, yeah, especially there, like in South Florida, all the canals. We did an iguana hunt, and that mm-hmm. was that was so much fun. I did it. I ended up killing one with a blowgun. Blow I did, I did, and I'm not going to tell you how many times I missed. <laughs> Some of them trees that they're in, like trying to fish my dart back through those limbs, like it was. You'd think I, yeah, it was terrible, but I did finally hit one, and I, it was awesome. Those canals. The amount of the plecos and I seen tilapia there. I seen peacock bass. Like there's so many different like non-native fish down there and it, it's so much fun. So yeah, if you get a chance to go back to Florida, I'll be envious of you, but I uh, definitely enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to go back down there and then a clown knife is definitely on the list too. I've had yeah. my eye on those. <laughs> yeah. So what's really like, it, it's really weird when it comes to the clown knife fish it's kind of like the peacock bass. Everybody wants to catch them rod and reel. And I've seen a few people have shot them. And it's like people come out of the woodwork just to be mean. And I'm like, who cares? It's a non, like, it's not native that I'm aware of to Florida. Like, it's, it's, it kind of goes back to the whole shooting. Like, you know, you got those carp fishermen that just absolutely love to catch carp rod and reel. And mm-hmm. like, we're terrible people because we, We'll put big holes in them all the time. And, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. But, yeah, those, like, having a list of fish to check off the list, I think, is really cool. And bow fishing mm-hmm. is one of the best ways to do it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love rod yeah. reels. You see two of them right there by my freezer. <laughs> but I I love shooting fish. And uh, it's mm-hmm. just, it's a lot of fun. And uh, so I guess one question I would ask you before we wrap up here. Back to the snakeheads, because they are a good eating fish. What's one of mm-hmm. your favorite ways to prepare them? Ooh. I've been messing around with a bunch of different recipes and things like that. But I would have to say my favorite way to prepare it currently is I put a Parmesan crust on them. Ooh. And I put it in my air fryer and... I'm going to invest in a, an actual fi- fryer, so it probably tastes better. Yeah. But that's what I've been doing is uh, putting a Parmesan crust on them and seasoning them up and eating them that way. So That sounds really good. It's been, it's, it, it was surprisingly good. It was just like a, I've got Parmesan cheese in my <laughs> refrigerator. I'm like, I got snakehead to eat through. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. It was really good. I can honestly say that I have not had snakehead bad. I've grilled it. I've pan fried it. I've deep fried it. My favorite is like deep fried. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, 
I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, but for anybody that's new or listening, snakehead is very white, flaky meat. And uh, it's my favorite freshwater fish. I'll take it over a walleye or a black crappie. I know a lot of people, like, that's their go-to. And I'm telling you, it is so much better. Like, those are good fish to eat. I'm not going to knock them. But snakehead. And I'm telling you, if you can go out and, you know, an eight pound snakehead, you get a lot of, you, you get a lot of meat off of it and it's not uncommon to shoot an eight pound snakehead and you Mm -hmm. can go shoot a bunch of them. I mean, we've shot some smaller ones and we shot some bigger ones, but it's, I'd say, would you say the average is probably eight to 10 pounds roughly? Yeah, I would say that's pretty yeah, Depending so, on what river you're looking at, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you get a lot of meat, especially you shoot one, you got plenty, you shoot two, you got more, you shoot three, now your freezer's loving you, you know, it's, so yeah, it's it's great. And then, if you know, if you don't get a bunch of snakeheads at night, I'm sure you still get to shoot a bunch of carp and gar, and so mm-hmm. it's, it's great, it, bow fishing. If you haven't done it, you need to try it, that's for sure. 10 out of 10 recommend. 10 out of 10, <laughs> that's awesome. Now... One question that I do ask everybody that comes on the show, and this could be bow fishing, fishing, or hunting related, doesn't matter. But if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go, and what would you target? What would be, what would you hunt, or what would you fish for? Ooh, hmm, gosh, I'm not familiar with my species of fish in Australia, but I okay. went to Australia for work um, a few years ago. Yeah. And I would love to go back and bowfish in Australia. I like it. That That's definitely, that's on there. Like I want to, sp- I was there for like 10 days and it wasn't enough. I want to, you know, you need like a good month yeah. <laughs> no, to was, go there. Was this trip pre-bowfishing? Yes, this was pre pre bow fishing. Okay. So I just went for research, animal scientist things. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's why I was there. Now I'm looking back and I'm like, man, <laughs> <laughs> I was like in the tropical area too. And it, I, I mean, there's, their cities are right on the water and it's yeah. absolutely beautiful there. And they've got the oldest rainforest in the world. So I did not know that. Yeah. Very I toured cool. it. <laughs> Very cool. No, that's awesome. So, bow fishing in Australia—that's definitely a first mm-hmm. on the show, and uh, I think that's probably the most unique as well, and would be a really hard one to top. I mean, we've had a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of great different destinations and species that people would hunt, but I love it. Bow fishing in Australia, so really cool. No, would you go in an area that has crocodiles? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm I'll, that crazy. I love I, it. I, I heard I thought I heard about like there's like I think they've got kayaking and stuff all through there, even with the crocodiles and stuff. So that's where I draw the line, I think. Um I watched a video or we're gonna go to Africa. We're gonna go to South Africa and go hunting Ooh. with Chakma out um Chakma Safaris. And uh Vim showed me a video of him and his buddies driving their boat beside a crocodile and they're moving he i don't know how fast they were going they were moving at a steady pace and then that crocodile finally had enough and left them they swim fast so i don't know that being in a kayak would be ideal i'm not saying that you couldn't do Fair it enough. um but i know, you know I, I, need, I need to watch more youtube videos on it clearly <laughs> <laughs> so but no that would be cool so that is awesome well kayla i really appreciate you coming on the podcast this has been fun and i know the listeners they've had to enjoy our stories and i know they've gotten value out of your gear setup and some of the things that you've uh, enjoyed and experienced doing so i do appreciate you coming on thanks for having me you're welcome. It's all of our listeners. We are very excited about this new year that's coming up, and we're getting ready to end this year. I mean, we got a few months left, but deer season's coming up. Everybody's getting ready for that, and we're excited. This was a great kind of ending to, I think, summer activities, although I know Kayla is going to continue to bowfish. That's awesome, and that's one of the great things about bowfishing. As long as the water's not frozen, you can do it. But as far as us on the podcast, we are definitely looking forward to deer season. We just want to say to all of our listeners, keep hunting and keep doing what God calls you to do. 
Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.